Did you know that if you were to ask anyone on the street what is the most joyful time of the year, without question, it would be practically unanimous that Christmas is the most joyful time of the year. Amen. In 1719, Isaac Watts wrote a hymn that came to be entitled Joy to the World. Now it is one of our most beloved Christ, uh, Christmas carols because it really captures the essence of Christmas, which is joy. Amen. That's the whole essence is joy. Yes. Watts was right when he titled his carol Joy to the World, for Christmas is not just for America. It's not just for over here in America. Amen. It is not a national joy. It's a joy, in, it's a joy to the world. It's universal joy. Amen. And let me, I'm going to throw this little letter in here to get to the, uh, to finish making my point. But you know, friends, nobody can brutally, can be so brutally honest like a child. And this one child wrote a letter to his aunt and it went like this. He said, Dear Aunt Sarah, he said, thank you for the Christmas present that you sent to me. He said, the present that you sent to me for Christmas was almost as good as the one I really wanted. But brothers and sisters, when God gave us his Christmas present in the form of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, without question, he gave us a greater gift than we could have ever imagined or wanted. Amen. Christmas, as you all know, has always had its critics and those that wanted to diminish its impact upon this lost world. We have those that want to celebrate the holidays with no regard to the one the holiday season is all about. Yes. But this is the day and age that we live in today. We want Christmas, but not the Christ that Amen. comes with it. Amen. We want the decorated tree of Christmas, but not the disturbing tree of Calvary. Right. Not the tree that held Jesus. And let me say this, it's not in my nose, but Jesus was not held on that cross by the nails in his hands. Amen. He was Amen. held on that cross for his love Amen. for us. Yes. He was willing to give his life yes. for us. Amen. So he was there willingly. Amen. And it also says that when he was led away that he never opened his mouth. That's right. Amen. He never complained. Amen. He never said anything. It seems that Christmas has been attacked from the very conception of the little baby that was laid in the manger. When you get past all the hustle and the bustle of the holidays, past all the family celebrations, when you get past the gifts and the cards and the dinners, Christmas is still about that little baby boy Amen. that was sent to be the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, let us give thanks to our Lord Jesus Christ that laid down his life for us and shed his blood on the tree at Calvary. And remember, without Christ, there would be no Christians. There would be no Christmas. Amen. Are you hearing me? So the title to my message today, which is away from that, is called Crazy Faith. We're going to talk a little bit today about crazy faith. You might think it's a little unusual, uh, a little unusual message for Christmas, but I feel the Lord will have me share it with you. Amen. Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Yes. Think about that. Amen. In Luke 18, 18, in the God word translation, he says, I can guarantee 
that he will give them justice quickly. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Amen. And like I said, this afternoon, we're going to talk a little bit about crazy faith. Amen. You will find in the scriptures many incidents that many, many that stepped out in crazy faith. You know, all through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelations, you'll find those people that followed the commandments of the Lord and stepped Amen. out in faith. Amen. And even if it meant risking their lives, right. you know, uh, most of the time when the Lord asked them to do something, they were risking their lives, yeah. but they stepped out anyway. For instance, you have David, who was a young lad that went up against a giant with three small stones, but he came out the victor. Yes, Amen. You have Joshua, who went up against a huge army with only 600 men that came out the victor. As a matter of fact, we all know that know the Bible, know that Joshua started out with thousands yes. of men. But the Lord kept drilling him down and drilling him down and drilling yes. him down until he ended up with only 600 men, 600 soldiers. Because yes. then the reason being is because he didn't want them to think that they were the ones that won the battle. That's right. Amen. God wanted them to know that it was him. That was fighting that battle. Amen. And Joshua did win. He did come out the victor with only the 600 men. Amen. Saints, there was only one common denominator, as I said, in both these and all of the others who stepped out in faith. And that was God Almighty Amen. who was fighting their battles for them. That's right. In crazy faith, you have to be willing to be obedient and follow instructions. Amen. In other words, be obedient to whatever God tells you to do, no matter how crazy it may seem in the natural. And let me stop here and say it's not always in the ministry. It can be in the natural. It could be a job. It could be anything Amen. that you have feel in your spirit. Oh, that, you know, I just feel like this is good. I feel like this is okay. Mm. And sometimes because of past things, we're afraid sometimes to step out. That's right. Amen. But don't, if you feel that in your spirit, trust God. Amen. He knows everything. Amen. He really is the only one that knows your future. Amen. He knows your past. He knows your present. And he knows your future. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Saints, the situation that we are facing in the world today is going to take more than just regular faith. It is going to take some crazy faith. Amen. We are living in a generation today that believes more in Google Amen. than they do God. Amen. As a matter of fact, we desperately need an infusion of faith. We need an infusion. God is looking for a generation of people that says it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what someone else is doing. Sometimes people are so, um, so into following another person or another thing. I've been experiencing that a little bit in the last few days myself. You don't want to be following anybody else. You always want to follow the Lord. Amen. Just because what they're doing looks like it might fit you, it may not fit you. That may not be what the Lord wants for you. Amen. God is looking for a generation, like I said, that doesn't matter what it looks like and what it sounds like. It doesn't matter what someone else is doing. 
But they will say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Are you hearing me? I want to talk about a person who had crazy faith and who obeyed the Lord and did as he was commanded. And let's begin in, in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to talk about Elijah the prophet. In verse 17 in the New Living Translation, it says that when King Ahab saw Elijah, he exclaimed, So it is really you, the troublemaker of Israel. <laughs> and Elijah said, I have made no trouble for Israel. He says, It's you and your family that are the troublemakers. <laughs> have you ever seen that before? <laughs> he says, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. In verse 19, Elijah said, now summon all Israel. In other words, he said, gather all Israel around to join me at Mount Carmel, uh, Carmel along with the 450 prophets of Baal. And he says, and also while you're at it, and the 400 prophets of Azurah, who were supported by Jezebel. In verse 21, it says, And then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? I could ask that question today right. to millions. How long are the people are going to waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord God follow him, but if Baal is God, this is what Elijah said, if the Lord God follow him, if, if God is your Lord, then follow him. Amen. But if Baal is God, then follow him. Right. But it says the people were completely quiet. They didn't say a word. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we have so many so-called prophets and prophetess Amen. popping up all over the place. Amen. And I believe that God is going to be dealing with them. Amen. He dealt with them then, and he's going to deal with them now. Amen. I believe that God is going to deal with all these people, the leaders that have bowed their knee to the bales of the world. Amen. We have leaders in the White House. We have leaders everywhere yes. in, in the states, and in, in not only in the White House, but in, in other states that have been bowing their knees to the bales. In other words, anything that's anti-God. And I believe that God is going to deal with these people that have done Amen. that. Amen. Those that have fallen for the lies of Satan and continues to persecute God's chosen people. Yes. God is not going to sit back, stand back, or whatever the Lord is doing. I know one thing he's not doing, and that's sleeping. Because the Lord, the Bible says he never sleeps nor slumbers. Amen. So he's watching. He's listening. Yes. He hears and sees it all. Yes, and he's not going to sit by or stand by and watch his Amen. people be persecuted. Amen. From Genesis to Revelation, he never has. Amen. It is all coming to an end because the Lord is raising up his warriors. He's raising up his soldiers. Warriors that are not afraid to speak up, not afraid to stand up. Saints, there's coming a day. And it is at the door that you're going to have to choose Amen. who you will serve. Amen. No more wavering. Amen. Personally, I have chosen, as for me and my house, yes. we will serve the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And like I said, I know this is not a Christmas message, but the Lord give it to me and I'm preaching it. 
And I thank God that he continues to give me the spirit of boldness to do what he tells me to do. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. In verse 22, it says, And then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. In 1 Kings 18, 18, crazy faith. I really believe it took some crazy faith in making this commitment for Elijah to make this commitment. I think it took a lot of faith for Elijah to stand up against eight, those 850 men on his own because by the time he took the 450 of his and then the 400 that had been serving Jezebel, they came up to 850. Not counting, not including the Israelites that he called to gather them up because he said, gather them too. So he had an audience. And he stood before them. Amen. And of course, and like I said, I really believe it took a lot of crazy faith. It took a lot of faith. Of course, we know that he was not alone. Amen. God was with him. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Elijah confronted King Ahab with confidence. Amen. He had confidence yes, in his God. Amen. And he stood up for him. And brothers and sisters, when you truly know the voice of God, you too can respond in boldness and confidence Amen. and confidence to whatever he asks. Elijah said, let's have a little contest here. Yes, can I have a little contest? Yes, yeah, we're going to have a little contest. Amen. He said, you get all the people of Israel plus the 450 prophets of Baal. He says, then we're going to have a showdown yes, between Baal and the Lord. Hallelujah. I love it. I believe this is one performance I would have loved to have been there to watch. <laughs> I'm not much in going to uh, whatever you call concerts and stuff like that, but this is one event I think I would have enjoyed being there. And Elijah said, since there are more people on the Baal team, we're going to let you go first. Amen. Saints, I call that faith Amen. and boldness Amen. in the God that Elijah served. You know, because see, as we know, if we've read that, most of us, we know that there were two bulls. They chose two bulls, one for each one, one for the 450 prophets of Baal and one for Elijah. So Elijah told him, he said, you drag your bull out here and pray to your God to burn it up. Yes. He said, guys, be aware that you can't use kerosene or charcoal bits. In other words, you can't set fire to the wood. Right. Okay? Then Elijah said, after the prophets of Baal had a chance to prove the existence of their God, little letter, Elijah said, I will prepare my bull and I will lay it on the wood on the altar, but not set fire to it. Amen. He said, let the games begin. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, the team of Baal pulled their carcasses on stage, they danced around their bull. They prayed loudly to their God. And people watched closely, but nothing happened. And then they said, after a while, the crowd grew restless. And finally, Elijah himself, he grew a little impatient. And he began to sarcastically mock the prophets of Baal. You can read this for yourself. I mean, I'm not making it up. <laughs> he says, and so, and Elijah said, you're going to have to shout louder. He said, he's got, for surely he is God. Perhaps he is daydreaming or relieving himself. 
or maybe he's away on a trip. The prophet stepped up the intensity and they began cutting themselves to show their false God how serious they were. They danced on stage all day long, but nothing happened. And then Elijah called to the people. He said, come on over here. And they crowded around as he prepared the altar of the Lord that had been torn down because the altar of the Lord had been torn down. And I didn't go into all the details, but Elijah had come in and he had repaired the altar and he'd built it back up, putting all the stuff around it for the sacrifice. And then um, in verse 36, it says, At the usual time for offering, for the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah, the prophet, walked up to the altar and he prayed. He prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. And immediately, how did when? Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull. It burned up the wood. It burned up the stones and the dust. And it says it even licked up all the water in the trench. I didn't mention that part, but for those of you that don't know, one of the things that Elijah had him to do to his altar was to dig a trench around it to make it even more difficult. Yeah. Amen. The, the prophet, other, the Baal's prophets didn't do this, but Elijah had him to dig a trench around his altar. Yes. And, he, and he had him pour buckets of water and they poured one. He said, no, go get another one. Right. And then he said, go get another one. Yes, and so he just kept pouring water around it to make it even more difficult. Yes. Yeah. But it says here, that it even licked up all of the water Amen. that was in the trench. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. In verse 39, it says, And when all the people saw it, when they saw all this take place, they fell face down. Some translation says they prostrated, prostrated themselves down on the ground and they cried out, Amen. The Lord, He is God. Amen. Yes, the Lord is God. Hallelujah. And it says, and then Elijah commanded them. He said, seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one of them escape. And I don't go into details, but they all died because they took them all out and they were killed. I'm going to share this scripture with you at Christmas because it is Christmas. And it is when we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The one who sacrificed his life so we could live. There are many who have accepted Jesus as their Savior, but not their Lord. Amen. A lot of people don't understand that. There is a difference in accepting Jesus as Savior as, uh, as uh, accepting Him as Lord. To accept Jesus as your Lord means that He is Lord over your life and Lord over everything that you do. Are you hearing me? And as the people of Israel saw what the Lord God did when He brought down fire from heaven and burned up Elijah's sacrifice, they all fell down and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Hallelujah. And saints, He's going to be returning soon to gather those who have accepted Him as their Lord. Are you hearing me? In Revelation 22, 10, it says, The apostle John said, He told me, 
do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this scroll because the time is near. And Revelation 22, 11 in NIV says, let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let that vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does, does right continue to do right and let the holy person continue to be holy. And let me inject this in here. Just because the Lord said, let them continue to do bad, that does not excuse us for praying for them. The Lord expects us to continue to pray for the Amen. lost until, they're, until they've taken their last breath Amen. and there's nothing left. Amen. Once they've taken their last breath, there's nothing you can do. Amen. But we can pray for them until they take their last breath. Amen. Are you hearing me? He said, look, Jesus said, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. In verse 13, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. He said, I am the beginning and I am the end. And, and brothers and sisters, all these things that we have been experiencing in the past couple of years is only the beginning of the end. The Lord has begun over the last several months to give me different messages to preach. Some of them a little bit stronger. But yesterday when I sat in my studio and I was working on the message and I thought I was going a different way, I was typing as fast as the Lord was giving it to me. And I'm not a very fast typer. But it, it, it's just that we know that Jesus is coming back soon. And I would be remiss if I didn't get up and preach what he gives me to preach. You know, people must be reminded. They must know that there is an end. Amen. And all you have to do is just look around to know that it is close, that it is at the door. The Bible Amen. says in Revelation, it's at the door. Amen. That is close. When you've got company coming and they drive up in the driveway, that's one thing. When they get at the door, they're there. Amen. And you can either let them in or just keep them out there. Amen. But in this case, you don't have a choice. Hallelujah. You don't have a choice. Amen. Another thing the Lord has revealed to me is that he is going to be sending his word wrapped in different packages. In other words, there will be messengers that will not be packaged the way we're used to seeing them. As an example, I'm real guilty of this. As a matter of fact, a lot of the messages that the Lord gives me, I'm guilty of. And I don't mind saying I'm guilty of stuff. When the Lord, he didn't... Um, he, he, he reminded me that uh, there are several times that I might flip the TV or I might do something on the radio or whatever, and I wouldn't watch them because of the way they were dressed or maybe the way they looked, you know, the way they spoke, or maybe the background on their studio, you know? And so... I, I guess not too long ago, I was on my treadmill, as usual, trying to get up there every morning and always listen to the Word. Uh, well, 99% of the time, I'm listening to the Word when I'm on the treadmill. Every now and then, I, I watch a little house on the prairie. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, w I was watching, I was listening to the Word, and, and this person came across the screen, and I listened about two minutes, and I thought, I don't want to watch that. It wasn't in the right package. 
you know. I'm from the old school. Sometimes we can be from the old school, but really what it's saying is we're self-righteous. I think sometimes we need to examine ourselves. The Bible tells us to examine ourselves. Yes. And sometimes we can be called up, we can be self-righteous. And I was self-righteous because it wasn't, you know, I'm thinking it's not dressed the way I think it should be. It's not where, you know, the whole scene is not the way I think it's supposed to be. So I'm figuring that Lord probably don't like that either. But you know, the Lord did speak through a donkey. And so I, he, he impressed upon me to go back and listen to it. So I did. And I usually carry my iPad up, not this one, but a smaller one. And I flip it over to my notes. You know, you can speak into it because uh, I can't hardly write and run at the same time. But I listened to that message. It was a good word. It was a good word. And I took maybe a whole page of notes, you know, spoke a whole page of notes, you know. And, and since then, I'm not saying that every message the person teaches is that way, but I've listened to a couple since then, and, and they have a different way of delivering it. In other words, a different package. But it, it's, 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 it's all God. It's all God. And that, that's what you want. Somebody, you don't want somebody up there that only talk about if you'll sow this, you'll get the new car. If you sow this, you'll get the house or whatever. You want somebody that they can help you in that, but it's got to be done God's way. Amen. It can't be done just their way. And in order to receive from God, from the Lord, we're going to have to get outside of our box to receive the message that he has for us. Amen. You know, I have a granddaughter, Eliza Kay. And she can only receive her nourishment in two ways, from breast milk or bottle milk. Eliza's not able to chew and digest a piece of pork chop. If you were to place a piece of pork chop in front of her, she would just probably slap it or throw it at you. She's only five months old, but I'm sure she could throw it. But as we mature, we need to be able to receive in different ways eat different foods, get nourishment from different packages. I believe this is true in receiving from God. I believe we are judgmental and critical of certain packages that holds God's word in packages that we don't like. But we, so we don't, so we don't accept it if it comes in a different package other than what we're accustomed to. However, as mature Christians, we should be able to discern what is of Christ and what is not. In other words, get past the packaging. The word discernment means to understand or know something through the power of the Holy Ghost. It includes, it includes perceiving the true character of people and the source and meaning of spiritual manifestations. Are you hearing me? And Acts 16, 18 is a very good example of this. It's a good example of discerning when Paul, uh, of Paul, when he was discerning that woman that who kept following him, that had a spirit on her, he, she followed him day after day after day. The Bible says day after day. So after a few days, the Bible says Paul got frustrated. 
and that he turned around and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. Amen. And when did it come out? Instantly. It left her. Amen. The Spirit left her instantly. Thank you, Lord. I thank God for the power that is in the name of Jesus. Saints, there are ways that we can become more discerning if we want to be a more discerning individual. One is by praying regularly, seeking for companionship with the Holy Ghost. We can also be more familiar with that still, small voice, the voice of the Holy Ghost. Saints, I feel in my spirit that I needed to share these things with you so you won't miss out on what God wants you to hear so that you can be prepared for whatever the devil sends your way and you can rest assured that he has just begun to try to destroy us. But we have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. The God we serve is that very same God that Elijah was serving when, he, when God commanded him to go out there and stand before those 450 prophets and that it turned out to be 850 prophets and he slaughtered them all. But also we have to understand sometimes we're going to get a little bit afraid. We also know after he completed that, that task, slaughtered them all and Jezebel heard about it. She says, well, as surely as I'm living today, I'm going to get him. And he got scared. And he ran. He took off running. You know, so don't get down on yourself. If sometimes you feel, get tempted, you don't, you know, you don't have to be afraid, but you'll get tempted to be afraid sometimes. But just because the enemy tempts you to be doubtful or, or fearful doesn't mean that you have to Receive it. Amen. The Bible says don't fret. Don't be anxious for anything. Amen. But through prayer and supplication. Yes. Seek Him and He'll give you peace. Amen. We are going to get tempted to do a lot of things. But just because we're being tempted don't mean that we have to do it. Amen. Are you hearing Amen. me? We have nothing to fear. The Bible tells us in Romans 8.31... What shall we say to these things? For if God be for us, who can be against us? In closing, let me say this. Yes, we're going to need a lot of crazy faith to handle the things that Satan is bringing our way. However, we must be about the Lord's work, bringing in the lost where there is still time. I know a month or two ago, I don't know, a couple of months ago, I was invited to speak down in uh, North Carolina. And at that time, and still is, I guess, I don't know, because I don't keep up with the virus. I don't think about the virus. I don't keep up with it. Uh, I, I just don't go down that road. Amen. Got invited to speak down there, and, and, and it was worse there, it seemed, than anywhere. And I started not to go. I was tempted not to go. But then the Lord brought that verse back to me that he has no favor in those that draw back. He would have had no favor in Elijah if he said, Lord, are you kidding me? You're talking 450 men. 
But, but Elijah was so confident in his God that he said, well, bring on the other 400 too. So I went, delivered the word. Came back, and here I am again today. Amen. You know, you, you have to, I'm not saying be foolish. God give you a brain. Amen. He give you wisdom. Amen. Don't do things just because you want to do them. Mm. Only do them if the Lord tells you. And you'll know in your spirit if, he, if he's the one that's letting you know, because like he let me know. He'll let you know too. However, like I said, we must be about the Lord's work, bringing in the laws while there's still time. In John chapter 4, verse 35, in the God Word translation, he says, don't you say, and this was a question mark. John was asking him, he said, don't you say that in four months the harvest will be here? He said, but I'm telling you to look and see. He said, the fields are ready to be harvested now. Every now and then I get the opportunity to go down to North Carolina. And sometimes David and I get to go down there on Highway 58 when the cotton's in season. And I pick my share of cotton before the cotton machines were invented. These were the cotton machines. It didn't take an idiot going down the highway to look over to the left or the right, the fields were white with cotton. In other words, it was ready to be harvested. And if you left it out there, it's going to rot and mold from all the rain and the weather. And so we have to know that he's saying now that the time the harvest is here now. And if we don't get out there and harvest them, they're going to be like that cotton if they don't get out there and pick it. It's going to rot and rust, except in this case, you're talking about human lives. These human lives are going to go down to the pit of hell. There will be no saving them. Are you hearing me? He says, I'm telling you to look and see that the fields are ready to be harvested now. Brothers and sisters, what better time than now when the whole world is hurting and in so much pain and so much confusion and in so much fear with so many that have lost their way and don't even know our Lord. A week or two ago, we did 20 episodes ministering to Pakistan. And uh, next week, we're doing 20 more episodes. And of course, we do for regular TV too. But did you know that over 90% of those people in Pakistan that we're ministering to don't even know Jesus? They've never even heard of him. That's hard to believe, I know, but it's true. So you're ministering to people. There's a few that know the Lord and have accepted him, but they they don't know him. So you're ministering to them and praying that through what you can say to them, that that the Lord will speak to you and say something that will encourage them to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior so they won't be lost and also so they can go and maybe speak to their family or their neighbors or their friends. You know, there's always, always an opportunity if you're looking for it. God, if you ask the Lord to give give you a spirit of awareness, say, "I, I do that. So the Lord just give me a spirit of awareness so that I can be more aware of what's going on around me. You know, because you know, I, I wouldn't want to see somebody that maybe I could have helped go bad. Today, so many people don't even, like I said, believe in a final day of judgment. 
You hear, you hear people making fun of Jesus all the time. They don't think there's a hell and a heaven. But I got news for you. They're going to find out. Amen. They might not find out while they're on this earth, but they will find out. John 16, 8 says, and, and he was talking, and he, talking about Jesus, he was, Jesus was the one that was talking, said, when he comes, we'll convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And I'd like to declare to you today, in case you didn't know it, there is a revival spirit which is sweeping our world today. We are realizing a move of God that He has promised would come. He's promised, He has been promising this, and it is coming. One more thing before I close. Saints, did you know that your name is listed in the Lamb's Book of Life? According to Luke 10, 20, your name, if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your name is now listed in the Lamb's Book of Life. Isn't that awesome? To know that your name is in that book and that no one can take it out. And the day when Jesus comes back, unless your name is in that book, you're not going. You need to have your name in that Lamb's Book of Life. Praise God. Amen. He says in Luke 10, 18, in the God Word translation, Jesus said, I watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Yes. And he said, I have given you authority yes. to trample on snakes and scorpions yes. and to destroy the enemy's power. He says, and nothing, he says, can hurt you. Amen. Jesus says, however, don't be happy that evil spirits obey you. I mean, that's just a natural thing. Because they have to obey you. He tells you that in Mark, uh, Luke 10, 19, that the evil spirits are subject to you. In other words, any evil spirit, whether it's fear, doubt, any, any spirit. A fear is a spirit. Doubt is a fear. All kinds of spirits. Sexual spirit. All kinds of spirits. But all these spirits are subject to you. He said, don't be uh, excited about the fact that these spirits are subject to you. He says, but be happy that your names are written in heaven. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. He said, so be happy, saints. Be happy that your name is listed in the Lamb's book of life. And like I said, I didn't come to preach a hell and damnation message but I do know that you've got to preach what the Lord gives you. Uh, I do know that I would not want to be disobedient. Amen. And I really would not want my name to disappear Amen. out of the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. You know, but people have to know. And I'm, I'm sure that all of you in here today already know the Lord, mm -hmm. that your names are already written in the Lamb's book of life. But there's millions of people that's going to hear this message that their names are not listed in the Lamb's Book of Life at this point that don't know Jesus. So will you not, I'm not only preaching to you, but I'm preaching to all those. I think in one thing we have over 6.1 million watching and on one station. So people are going to hear this word. And Pastor Featherson giving me the opportunity to come in here and preach this word yes. to you. He and he, all of you are participating Amen. 
in getting the gospel out because you allow me to come in here and preach this word so that others can benefit from this word. So this is what I'm saying. Everybody can participate. You don't have to be in India or Pakistan or wherever. All you have to do is to help somebody else that's trying to be there. I don't have to be there to preach the word, but I do have to have help Amen. In, in getting the word out and just, like I said, coming here and preaching the word. Amen. And, and like uh, it, it, you are participating Amen. in it. Amen. But I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is so heavy in here today. Hallelujah. His presence is so heavy. Mm-hmm. His angels are standing behind me. You can't see them, yeah. but his angels are standing behind me with their swords drawn, watching over God's word to make sure that it gets out. And you are a part of it. And you're a part of it. And God sees that. And God blesses you for that. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you for this awesome word that you have blessed me with. And Father God, I thank you that every time I speak, you continue to take the spirit of fear of man off of me. I thank you, God, that you continue to replace it with a spirit of boldness. And I thank you, Father, for the people here at the Trinity Church. I thank you for their participation, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the word that went out today. I thank you, Father, not only did the ones in here hear it, but millions of other people are going to hear this word and going to be blessed by this word. Father God, I speak blessings over this congregation. I speak blessings over it. Father, I pray that if there's anybody in here that's like in, that needs um, any, any help in their fi- and maybe they're experiencing a financial difficulty. I don't know. Only you know these things, Father. But if there are anybody in here experiencing this, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'll open up the windows, your windows, Father, and pour out blessings on them that they'll not have room to, uh, to, pertain, uh, to, to keep it all. And Father, I pray too, if there's anybody in here with any kind of affliction in their bodies, any kind of pain in their bodies, uh, right now in the name of Jesus and on the authority of the name of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, I speak to that pain. I speak to that foul infliction that the devil has put on them. And I come against that in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you. You foul demonic spirit of pain and affliction. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I command you to flee their bodies and to flee it right now in the name of Jesus. I command you to go now and not return in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for anybody in here that's wrestling with fear. We come again. We take authority over that spirit of fear. We bind it up. We bind up that spirit of fear. We bind it up in the name of Jesus. And we command it to go now in Jesus' name. The doubt, we bind you up in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that the God we serve is an almighty, powerful God that there is nothing too hard for, nothing too difficult for. And Father, I pray today that those that are in here today for their faithfulness, for coming, I pray, Father God, that you will bless them in a special way, Lord, and that they will know where that blessing came from. And again, Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory. For it's in the name of Jesus, I praise you and I thank you. Amen.